0: Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 on and off the track with Kim Ilman. You can see his photos at ProStarPics.com, read his latest F1 blog at KimIlman.com or follow him on Instagram at Kim Ilman. My name is Adrian and in this episode we're welcoming Kim back home. Yes, back in Perth after uh, three or so
1: weeks away in Europe and uh, two great races.
0: Mm.
1: The most recent, obviously, was Monaco, and what a marvellous place that is. I don't know whether you've been. Have you ever been to Monaco? No,
0: but uh, after seeing some of your photos, it looks like a dream getaway. It's like
1: an adult Disneyland. It's um, <laughs> beautiful homes on built on this hill, expensive, expensive. My gosh, it's a world event. You get people from all over the world coming, mm. big money people, and as such, the price of everything just doubles if it doesn't triple or quadruple. Look, if you if you've got a few dollars in your pocket and you can get there, there's nothing
0: quite like it. It sounds like a great place to go, regardless. But at F1 time, it would be insane. Well, there's something to do there, of course. And yeah. there's, there's plenty happening at night, and uh,
1: great people, interesting folk, lots of money out there on those boats. And oh my gosh, the biggest boat in the world, I think. And now, what's it called? Uh, Super yacht A. You want to search that. It is the most amazing piece of yachting. It's owned by a a Russian billionaire and it sat out the front of the hotel that we were staying at in Saint Tropez for a few days. And it it just absolutely blows you away when you see it. And then, of course, it came to Monaco for the Grand Prix. Couldn't get into the harbour. It's almost the size of a cruise ship. It is worth 750 million Australian dollars, 500 US million, and to see it. Is mind blowing. So search that. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds insane. As big as a cruise ship. Nearly. And three masts and all silver metal.
0: Uh, minimal windows. It's like an office building on the water. That's crazy. So, how was your time in Monaco then? In general, excellent. Great photography. Look, it is a beautiful track to
1: photo because there's so much going on. There's there's spots we can get down right next to the car, and uh, one of the most two of the most amazing spots on the circuits is uh, at Monaco. One is the exit of swimming pool where they have a fence that is mm. knee height, and you can stand there, and the cars come centimeters away from you. Not at speed, thankfully. They only do about six. 60 or 70 k's an hour. Although, of course, if one hit another one and got launched airborne, they'd take a few people's heads off. But thankfully, um, I, I, don't, I didn't go there during the race. I only went there during practice. And you normally, you get one car after another. They're not mm. vying for position. And the other spot is uh, after the tunnel. They come downhill and make a left, and there's a spot there where you can stand inside the railing, very close to them, and that's where Max tried to overtake Lewis on the last day. My good friend, Hassan, he was standing in that spot and got this marvellous series of pitches of uh, Max locking up, nearly colliding with Lewis, and uh, he would have made a few dollars out of those photos. And good luck to him because he took a, a risk that something would happen there. He was there late in the race, which means he doesn't get back for park, Ferme or
0: podium, mm. which I like to shoot back there. So, uh, yeah, he takes a punt and he has a win. Well, speaking of that little spot by the swimming pool exit... What is it like shooting there? Because that's got to be like the closest on any track you can get to a car. Yeah, it is. It is exactly that. Um, And we're
1: allowed to stand up to about 50 – they make you stand 50 centimetres or so back. But you can still put your camera out, and the camera can sit pretty much just about above the fence. And I went um, about 50 metres on – uh, further on the track and shot back and there's some pictures in both uh, my blog and on my Instagram account which shows the proximity of the photographers to the car mm. from a distance and um, I would urge you to have a look at them because they really show what it's like to photograph in this particular spot uh, the marsh was a, a pretty diligent there I like to try and shoot between the uh, the rail there but they wouldn't let you go that low and um, get your camera close to the rail at that particular point but yeah
0: beautiful spot Another great spot that you uh, seemed to love was the exit of the tunnel. It's beautiful mm. because you get that blackness behind and you get the cars
1: coming out into bright sunlight. So, as with photography, contrast is great and there is huge contrast there. And what I found was that um, I, I would go about 30 metres after where the cars come out so you shoot back and you get them just as they come into the light and you get the background black but then I, the first day I tried I didn't get quite the shot I wanted with the lights in the background so I went back the day later and spent about half an hour there and I shot from just above the fence I shot through the, the first gap in the Armco and then the very bottom gap in the Armco and the lower you go the more interesting the shot mm. is I found and, and look with this sort of stuff for me certainly it's hit and miss uh, I try everything and, and I I'll work out by flicking in the back of the camera. Yeah, that looks better than that. And uh, it's a very uncomfortable position because you need to lie on the ground uh, and keep the camera up about probably 30 centimetres above the ground, hold it still while this car's coming out of the tunnel, <laughs> passing maybe three or four metres away from you on the track, blasting you with this air and hellishly loud noise. So there's a fair amount to distract you, mm. fair bit going on there. But oh, I got, I reckon, one of the best photographs I've ever taken in my brief two-and-a-bit-year career of Lewis coming out of the tunnel. In fact, they are all pretty good, but the one of Lewis is just stunning. So, yeah, I I was quite buoyed by that particular Mm. shot.
0: I quite like the one where, because it's a black backdrop, you could see the vortexes coming off the edges of the car.
1: You can, and I've seen that before at a couple of other races this year, but you see these white swirls Mm. of... um, I don't even know what what, uh, that is scientifically, how you determine that, but... um, it looks beautiful, and it comes off both top edges of the rear wing. And because, once again, that's in light, but
0: it's against a, uh, a dark background, yeah. they are eminently uh, visible. Mm. So how was the turnout for Monaco in general? There seemed to be hundreds of people watching from balconies alone. Yeah, well, the balconies were all full, but I did notice that there were a number of uh, seats empty in the grandstand, and somebody
1: okay. said that it had been an unusual year that uh, I think numbers were down in Monaco. Okay. Uh, and maybe it's because they charge 80 euros on Saturday night for a three-kilometre ride in a cab. That that absolutely floored me. But um, certainly the balconies on race day it's amazing. And I took uh, a series of photos in portrait form. Um, where was I? Uh, halfway up the, the the climb up the hill. And so you can see the car in the foreground, but more importantly, you see everybody on these balconies. There's not a balcony that hasn't got um, 10 or 15, sometimes 100 people standing on it. So if you've got an apartment on that
0: particular part of the track, you're in great demand on race day, I'm sure. Well, it seems like the turnout is always great in terms of celebrities and big stars. Were there any? Good celebrity stories or big showings this year? There were. And you know what? I guess mostly they're
1: European stars, a lot of European footballers. So what will happen is there'll be a mad gaggle of people and they'll be taking photos. And I'll get in there and take photos and ask after, who's that? Oh, that's PSG footballer or so and so. But um, who were the biggest stars? Well, Chris Jenner was there again, mm. reality TV star. Tommy Hilfiger, the clothing legend Jose Mourinho, I didn't photograph him I photographed the other two But I I saw photographs of him He's a soccer coach, obviously no Hugh Grant, he was there last year, and I would have loved to have photographed him. Oh, yes, there was Ronaldo there on the Thursday. Oh, okay. Very quiet. Nobody mentioned it. I think it was only in, uh, I know he we went to the um, Ferrari garage, and I think he was a guest of Mercedes. So if you were the Mercedes photographer or the Ferrari photographer, you had the heads up. But, boy, I didn't realise it until Friday when I was seeing these pictures come up on social media. I would love to have photographed that particular fellow. But, um Yeah, there were some other beautiful, glamorous women, and one in particular I took a photo of leaving the track one night. She's a darker-skinned woman. She had a beautiful jacket on and this most amazing white one-piece outfit, Mm. and I've posted that photo, and i put it on my story as well. I would love to know where to get that outfit because I would like to shoot models
0: in that particular outfit because it was a mind-bender. Well, let's talk about maybe the uh, stars of F1 now. And it looks like you finally managed to get a shot of both the Ferrari press officers, uh, Mia and Britta. How did they react to being photoed? Well, the, the interesting
1: thing is those two girls are very popular because they're often seen in the background by... Uh, F1 fans on TV yes and certainly in print and uh, I've talked about Mia before she's only new with Ferrari having come from Sauber last year where she worked with Charles Leclerc Mm -hmm. or Charles Leclerc if you pronounce it as uh, the French would so I get on pretty well with Mia and uh, certainly with Britain both of them were walking Together. And I said, right, let's get a two-shot of you. And, of course, Mia goes straight away and says, no, no, no. And Britta says, come on. And I say, come on, Britta, get her involved. So she cajoled her into doing this two-shot. <laughs> and it's just a beautiful series of pictures. There's two or three that are really lovely of them both smiling. Mm-hmm. Then there's a couple of Mia putting her hand up and um, good fun girls. So if, if you're a fan of Ferrari, these, these would be great photos. And even if you're just a fan of um, the whole sport in general, mm-hmm. I was pretty proud of them. I might actually do something fun next race and tell you about it post race in my blog, uh, in my podcast afterwards.
0: F1 on and off the track is presented by ProStarPix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. Head to ProStarPix.com at the end of this podcast. Another popular shot from the weekend was of husband and wife, Kimi and Mintu Raikkonen. Yes. Can you tell us more about this? Was there a good story behind that? Uh, yeah, we, we thought that... Um All all the photographers
1: thought that she would be at the race, which she was, and that she would come in with him on one day. Now, typically, it's not the first two days. It's normally Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. So on the Saturday, um, we had a great opportunity of them walking towards us for quite some time. It was a long walk, and they were holding hands, which is always lovely, and a reasonably clean background. It's a shabby paddock. There's crap everywhere, bins. There's uh, nasty-looking metal gates and wire fences. But this was as good as you could probably get. And that one was one of my best photos for the whole weekend. Strangely enough, just a beautiful woman with a very popular driver. And the next day they came in, but they came in a different entrance. The photo was shocking uh, and nothing like that first day. So you know, I actually mentioned I had a chat with her and asked her, Via Instagram, what what outfit she was wearing, mm-hmm. and she responded, and I always put that in because I think that's of interest to the ladies, and and maybe to some guys as well. And uh, I asked her what she'd be wearing the next day, and she gave me that outfit name as uh, the designer as well. So I use that in my particular blog, and that's what I like doing in both the blog and the uh, Instagram post is to put information that I think people want, and certainly when I put up a photo, uh, and I see people say, oh, what. what Outfit she's wearing, or what are those shoes? I think, okay, well that that really does appeal to people, and I must admit it's funny too, when you when I take a photo and put it up, and then someone makes a comment about some small part of it, or oh, I notice that he's got that on, or she's wearing that, or what was that piece of writing on Daniel's uh, headphones? Mm. And I think I never noticed that. So these people obviously sit there and study the photo. And uh, it's always good to be able to go back the next day and say, well, it says no fear,
0: or uh, yes, she's wearing a a Valentino outfit. Mm. So you can get the stories behind those uh, interesting tidbits as well. You
1: can, and I don't think any other photographer really does that or perhaps has the want to do it. Um, But I'll often take a photo in particular with... um, Mintu, and, and just ask her, you know, what label is this or uh, what what shirt, what what shoes are they or what watch is that? And you get one little tidbit of information and it just makes the post that you put up on Instagram a little bit more
0: interesting because no one else is doing that. Yeah. Speaking of shoes, Daniel had some new shoes made for the Mon- Monaco race. Yeah, and once again, because I'm on social media quite a
1: bit, I saw his uh, personal trainer put up a post and uh, he'd obviously taken a photo of them in his hotel room. Uh, Michael is his name, Michael Italiano. And so I contacted Michael, and I said, Michael, can I get a shot of those because it was the day off, the Friday. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, come on down. So I, I wasn't actually going to go to the track that day, but I, I popped in, grabbed a camera, nipped down there, took some shots of them on a um, – just on a – what was it? It was a, it was just something outside the Renault thing. It had a shiny surface. So the photos came up really nice. Mm. And I uh, put that up and it had, had a great response because people love the fact that Daniel's got these custom boots. This one says Monaco. It has his name. And then it had four playing cards with aces, the four suited aces on them. And I happened to find out that uh, he's got new boots specifically for France. He's also got new boots for Austin. And he, last year... He had this most amazing outfit, Daniel, which looked like a cowboy suit, a race suit with cowboy boot, um, racing boots. So, yeah, th- those sort of things are the things that people like to hear about, the the small behind-the-scenes stuff. And, in fact, I, I did for uh, one race, oh, the, the Australian race. <laughs> I was on the grid, and I was on my hands and knees taking a ground-level shot of his boots, which had uh,
0: a kangaroo on them. Hmm. Well, with the recent passing of Nicky Lauda, did you find many uh – Tributes to him throughout the race? Yeah, I did.
1: Uh, it wasn't on the first day, uh, and I noticed a couple on the second day, but Saturday and Sunday there was stuff everywhere on helmets. There was a big poster, and I only found out about that because I wasn't at that section of the track by watching the race last night when I got home. Uh, lots of mentions, and then there was at the end of the race, it was agreed that all of the ships would blow their klaxon horns after the race. And that was mind-boggling. Of course, as a photographer, you can't capture that. Mm. But just to to hear everyone in the in the
0: Monaco Bay with their hand on their klaxon horn on their boat, yeah, very moving stuff. Grid girls and boys made a return to Monaco. What do they add to the photography palette? Uh, a bit of colour. They had some
1: marvellous Tag Hoyer uniforms on, and uh, they they did this last year as well. Even though grid girls and boys were. Um, given the kibosh by Monaco. But, but see, is an interesting race because they tend to do their own stuff. They own the paddock, whereas everybody else, the paddock club, I beg your pardon, they sell that and own that, whereas every other race, it's owned by Formula One. They provide their own TV coverage, I believe, and that's not something that happens anywhere else. They are the people that provide their cameras, uh, cameramen and the like. And with this, they decide, no, we're just going to have this because I think it's such an important event that, F1 needs Monaco more than Monaco needs <laughs> F1, and they tend to play that hand well. Uh, but, yeah, they, they look great, and they form a guard of honor for the drivers when they come out to do the driver's parade. Mm. And, uh, yeah, they, they look great, really well-dressed people. In fact, I put a photo up of a couple of the girls. One of them has got these most amazingly sharp blue eyes and uh, really, really had an impact. Uh, when you look at the photo, mm. I don't know
0: if they're real or not, but, uh, my gosh, she looks amazing with her eyes. There's also a photo of Daniel throwing a water bottle around. Is there a story behind that one? Uh, He does this quite often. He throws a water bottle up and down, but he was downstairs uh, going up to the
1: uh, interviews in the media pen. Now, this was the first time I've ever seen the media interviews for TV being done upstairs on the top of a new uh, motorhome owned by FIA, and... It means that we can't get photos of them while they're being interviewed, which is a great opportunity for us normally. Mm. So he was downstairs on his way up there, and then he was looking up and signaling to a mate, here, catch this, and he just threw this bottle of water up there. But luckily, I was close by, had a wide-angle lens, and got a shot or two. But th- these things aren't planned. No. You get no notice. You just hope that at the right time, you've got the right settings and the right lens on your camera to capture it. And often... I don't, so obviously I don't put up photos of stuff that I haven't got the right lenses for, but, yeah, it's nice when something happens to your advantage.
0: Well, another great spontaneous moment from the weekend was Nico Hulkenberg uh, flipping the bird to some mates. Yeah, he he likes to ride a bicycle from the paddock to the pit. Uh,
1: Lewis takes his scooter, sometimes he takes his motorbike, mm. but allows them to get through the throng without having to spend too much time signing autographs and selfies. So I saw him coming down the paddock and thought, oh, I'll set up for this shot. And so I got down a bit low, and I was just about to put the camera up to my eye. And I could see he was going to look at uh, one of the guys, the FAA guys on the, on the left-hand side as he was riding. So I, I start shuddering, and then I see him flip the bird to him and then keep riding towards me. So I must have got about five frames. And luckily, the very first frame, I got him with his finger up in the air. Good-natured, obviously. Yes, yes. He's, he's not doing it
0: vindictively or nastily. But, yeah, I was pretty happy with that picture, and it seemed to do all right on social media. Unfortunately, Charles had to retire early. How did he seem with this result, especially at his like home GP?
1: Yeah, I was perhaps more as sad for him on the Saturday when he he just didn't get the chance to go out there and set a fast enough time to get into the next session of qualifying and mm. hence he started 15th. But uh, yeah, I saw him after the race. He was walking along the pits because uh, he'd obviously retired, I think, on lap 18. And uh, he's obviously spent a lot of time sitting around waiting for the end of the race. And then he uh, walked down. And all the crowd were giving him this huge round of applause because he's the hometown hero, yeah. being a Monegasque. And uh, I got some lovely photos of him acknowledging the crowd and a couple of the shots. You could just see his disappointment in his face because uh, he was he was unlucky, mm. l- unlucky all weekend, but you know what, it's, it's going to happen. He's going to end up on that top step at some point. And uh, I just hope I'm there to
0: photograph. Yeah, I think people are hoping this year, especially with his recent well-done well, well done performances, that this would be the one, but uh, might have to look to next year. Well, it might. It, no, I think there's a chance later on in the year. You never know. Ferrari just need to lift their game. Thank you very much for joining me this week, Kim. Always a pleasure. To see any of the photos we've talked about today, head over to prostarpix.com or kimillman.com. You can also stay updated by following Kim on Instagram at Kim If you like what you heard today, please give us a review and remember to hit subscribe to stay posted for our next episodes. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on and off the track. F1 on and off the track was presented by prostarpix.com. Stunning F1 photos, live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. Prostarpix.com. Head there now.